the fun, we're bringing the thunder. We are Thunder, flesh and blood, down under. Woo! Episode five. Five. We got Justin. Hey, guys. We got Justin. How do you say your surname? Lenahan. Lenahan. What an Irish name, Welcome, right? friend. Thank you. <laughs> we got the, the way better looking version of Yazi today. You flatter me. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh come on, Yazi's Yazi's cute, man. Come on, leave it. Yazi's Yazi ditched us. Yazi can go f himself. No, nah, I'm kidding. Yazi's sick. Unf- everyone in Sydney's sick. It's been cold. Unfortunately, if, if you don't have COVID in Sydney, you got the flu. Mm. Or yeah, a lot of people are sick. It is what it is. Um, well, let's dive into Justin first. Today's episode is going to be about the local game store, which is what um we were going to talk to Yazi about, but we'll wait a week. Um, for those who don't know, Justin has posted some of his alters online, which we're going to dive into, but that's what he's famous for. Oh, shucks. Actually, LSS is your customer, I hear. Yeah, um, fortunately. Um, yeah, so on the uh, Uprising calling event, um, the night before the Sunday, I was very, very fortunate. I had the tall Timmy here and I was talking to uh, Dave from the Art House page on Facebook and they more or less encouraged me to bring some paints in. We knew there was going to be an empty table. They rustled me over. They set me up. I painted a couple of cards and um, I was approached by uh, Steph, who's the lady who was running the event. And she told me that whatever I painted on the day, LSS was going to buy from me. So I sold one card to her and the other one I believe is um, in someone's office. Back at LSS in New Zealand, which I'm quite excited about. It's wicked. It's very cool. It's wicked. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Justin. How yeah. did you... Um, Let's take it way back. Yeah, yeah. Because way I, back. I only met you like, what, three, four, maybe four weeks ago? Probably about a month ago, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's only been around us for a month or so. Yeah, how good's this? Like, tell us about how did you find out about Flesh and Blood, past history? I know you've got about 20 brothers and sisters. <laughs> and yeah. You, yeah. Um, cool. So I've got um, four sisters, three brothers. Um crazy crazy childhood and the way I got into flesh and blood is I used to play magic and one of my best friends I used to play magic with I believe you've met Ty Mm. Um, out of the blue I hadn't spoken to him in a couple of years he just invited me to his 30th so I tagged along and towards the end of the night I noticed a couple of people playing a card game on the back table I was curious so I went and watched I borrowed a dash deck and played a game against the spicy meatball I took dash to victory and uh, hook, line, and sinker. Of course, <laughs> of course you beat him. I had no idea you were mates with Ty. How yeah. good's that? Hey, Ty, how are you? I had no idea. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I knew you were mates with Ty. He after so I missed the thirtieth because I was too busy top eating a pro quest. Not bad. That was uh, Campbelltown, I think. Uh, that's the one Hayden ended up winning. Uh, well, the third one he won in a row, whatever it was that season last season, and um. Ty told me like that weekend, the next weekend, he's like, oh, my friend's like, because what did he say? He was talking about your job, which you, you might want to delve into. Something about you created a limb for him or a, something in his knee. No, so he, um, he got a ligament replaced in his knee. I can't remember which ligament it was, but it was synthetically grown. And um, I was a bit of a laughing stock at the party due to an unfortunate joke I made about how Far it had my arm inside of an old lady. For the record, she was dead and it was in a Doesn't professional learning environment. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I heard that joke too. So what is your job? Um, I work as a biomedical engineer. Right. 
which is pretty cool. Um, I work for a startup medical device manufacturer. We work on navigation devices for orthopedic surgery. So what you're saying is you're the smartest person on this table right now. I would not say <laughs> that. Speak for yourself, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm hearing right it's, now. It's a lot of, it's a lot of maths, a um, little bit of physics, um, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of time playing with a 3D printer, and that's really most that's of fun. it. So, yeah. Fair enough. So when you had that first game yep. against... The spicy meatball, how are you, mate? <laughs> what 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 drew you to flesh and blood? Like you're sitting down there, you're at a party, you're probably inebriated. It's the bit, end yeah. of the night. You, you've played magic. You sit down and play this game, flesh and blood. What did you first think? What was your first impressions? What drew you to it? So the thing that drew me to it was I, I was I was asking Ty. I watched the game. I went over to Ty. I was like, Hey, man, what are they playing over there? What's the go with that? What's all what's all this extra stuff on the table? And he more or less walked me through it. And the way he explained it to me is with flesh and blood as opposed to with magic and other traditional games, your first turn, you start with everything. You've got all of your fresh equipment. You're on full life. You have a free hand cycle. You're as powerful as you're ever going to be um, for most heroes, for most decks. Yep. And then over the course of the game, it's about maintaining tempo and you slowly fatigue. And in comparison to Magic the Gathering, Commander, Modern, I used to play both of those quite intensely. Um, yeah, it's completely different. Like no longer working with the mindset. I mean, I do work with this mindset now. I play Islander. But I'm no longer working with the mindset that I'm going to slowly accumulate resources, set up a combo and then go. Turn one, everything's happening it's crazy. You have consistency in the game through equipment. And I'm a little bit OCD. I need to try things if I hear about them. And unfortunately, once I try something, I get hooked very quickly. <laughs> well, I think so we yeah. all have that in common on this table. That's for sure. But that's, that's something unique about Flesh and Blood. It's more like playing Street Fighter. It's like a one-on-one -on -one fight yeah. with combat moves or spells or whatever. But it's also more like a role-playing game fight where... You have all your armor and potions and everything and then all your red spells and then you slowly, in most heroes' cases, run out of good abilities and have to have some stuff set up in your pitch stack if the game lasts. Otherwise, you're just using blues and they don't do as much damage. <laughs> it's ha it happens a lot in um, like the warrior decks because you use all your reds early and if you don't pitch any of them, any of the reds, the good ones, to the bottom, you just end the game with very mediocre hits <laughs> um magic's the opposite right there's like a mana curve yeah you're, so you're usually getting more and more mana and can summon bigger creatures as you go yep yeah um now you obviously play we, we see around armories <laughs> and events but there's you have this whole other hobby in flesh and blood as I well do, i do so you used to do this for magic too tell yeah, us about that so um a long time ago, probably four or five years ago, I used to paint um, modern decks for some of my friends. So they'd give me the deck. Um, I'd give it back two months later and I'd fully alter the card. So I take the natural art of the card. I ask them, have a conversation with them and what sort of themes they want brought in, uh, what they want the card to look like. But more or less what I'm fundamentally doing is I'm taking the natural um, frame of the art and I'm extending it over as much of the card as I can and making something that looks pretty more or less yeah yeah I'll, I'll obviously put some photos up of your work so you did that in magic you do full decks of altars I'd, you have to do and a you full told deck. me the logic of why yeah, you have to do a full deck because when you paint on a card you thicken the card 
And I varnish every card I do so that obviously you're buying a piece of art. You don't want the art to degrade. So I varnish the card that adds another layer and more or less when you put your deck together, you have all these thick painted cards. You can't have unpainted cards in the deck. Even if you retain all of the um, required information for the card to for it to be playable, it is identifiable in the deck and you cannot run a partially altered deck in any competitive scene. No. Is that right? Yeah. So what is it like just to just a dummy thicker. like me? Does it thicken it up double the size, half the size? What's the percentage? Um, you think 30% thicker? Like just I've had a bit of practice. For me, it's about one and a half. But I've seen people who, when they alter, um, and this was me when I started, um, you get definitive ridges in the paint. Um, and usually it ends up being about two, maybe three times the thickness of an unaltered card. Wow. Yeah. But you've got it down to about 1.5. I've got it down to about 1.5 in some cases closer to 2. But <laughs> Okay. Yeah, because your, your altars are smooth. They're real smooth, bro. Yeah, yeah very like, much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, they're really, really nice. I mean, nice. you're booked out till August. I am booked out till August. He hasn't even done my cards. <laughs> no, I haven't. I um, discovered you, man. <laughs> the, the thing about Fab, though, yeah. which uh, obviously you're aware of, is there's permanence on the board, so the thickness, all that doesn't matter. You do a hero, you do a weapon... That's absolutely it. Matter. It. That's absolutely so good. It. So the most of what I've been doing at the moment is exactly that. It's heroes, weapons, tokens, like your seismic surges, your copper, everything else like that, equipment. Um, I've, I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed. I've half started my own cards. I just haven't had the time <laughs> to finish them. So I'm playing with a Kraken's Ether Vein that's just got blue splattered all about the corners. It's ugly as anything, but it starts conversations. So Yeah. yeah. Is, is your goal to do full decks in Fab? Um. Yes, but I, it's not something that I would recommend because if I if you gave me a deck, you're like, Justin, this is my deck. I want it painted. I want some theme. Maybe there's some aspect of the game you have a connection to, like, I ice. don't know, but um, ice. Like, you want everything to look frosty, but jokes on you, it's a KO deck. KO deck. <laughs> um, That's cool. You can't ever edit that deck. If you yeah. decide you want to take a card out and replace it, it needs to then be altered. Yep. Which is it might be cool when they process. do like living legend format or something eventually where it's like yeah maybe you're just playing chain because maybe they limit how what cards you can put in but um I guess in fab most of most people spend the money on those weapons heroes and armor that's yep. that's what question though does it work with foils again probably another silly question it, but can you do can you alter foil cards and how does the end product look it does work, but it's a little more complicated. So foiled cards basically have an extra layer of plastic over the top and that plastic doesn't like anything stuck to it. So it rejects the paint. Um, if you look at, I know I can't really show it at the moment, but if you look at that card there, you can see the detail that I've retained. Um, what I've actually done is I've painted over most of the card and then I've stripped back sections of the paint to reveal the information I wanted to retain. If you want to paint on a foil card, you need to prime it. If you prime it, you can't clean it. So right. it does mess with things in that sense a little bit. Little bit, But um, no, that you, you can alter them. You just have to pick and choose which bits you want to remain shiny. Okay. How would that work though with cold falls? Because I understand a cold fall doesn't have a layer of plastic. Didn't you say, John, a cold fall is like a stamp? It's, it's, it's cold falls seem to not have a layer. Cold the layer is on the bit that's shiny. I've started um, yep. working on a cold foil at home. I've just got a, um, what was it, the Shiver, the yes. Ice Bow, the promo. Um, so I've started working on one of those at home. And what I'm finding is that it behaves exactly like a normal card, 
but you need to be a bit more gentle if you're going to take my normal approach, which is I paint overlapping the retained features slightly so that I get a really clean and detailed look in the painted sections, but then I trim it back. When you trim it back, you can bring up the cold foiling a little bit. So yeah. it does make it a little more difficult, but yeah, same okay. end result. Yeah, because um, foil uh, cold foils don't bow with moisture as much. Like yep. they, they act like a normal non-foil card. Which is good for collectors, but probably good for altars, especially. It's I, fantastic for altars. Yeah, you get these really clean. Yeah, should we alter like an alpha tunic or something? No. Would you do that? <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Um, I would, but I'd be sweating bullets the whole time. So that'd, that'd be sick, though. <laughs> be absolutely sick. So tell us, what's your local store? Where do you? Where do you? Where can people find you? Um, I'm not local to it, but Blood Rush Gaming represent on the Central Coast. Us, yeah, that's that's our, our local, <laughs> an hour away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so talk us through the first time, when exactly, talk us through the first time you went to Blood Rush. So Ty's obviously one of your good mates. Yep. That's, you know, he sort of works there, he's part of the furniture there. And, you know, talk us through that, going to Blood Rush for the first time, impressions compared to LGSs you might have played in Magic. Talk us through, because tonight's topic is the LGS. So, yeah, yeah we'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Absolutely. So it took me probably about a month to go to Blood Rush <coughs> once I found out about the game and I, I bought some Everfest as you do. Um, I tried going to a few different stores um, down around Sydney, but there wasn't much of a community. I more or less, I sat down. I, I couldn't, I, had, I didn't have a lot of success finding anyone to play against. But then again, at the time, I didn't know that armories were a thing. So that's probably a contributing factor. Sure. But um, this whole time, I was messaging Ty. I was like, oh, hey, man, what's the go? Where do you play? Where's this? fantastic community you're always going on about and he suggested I just come up on a Friday and after three or four weeks of um, asking about I was like screw it I've got nothing else on I drove up um, walked through and it just took me back how chaotic it was it was not feeling like a store in any sense <laughs> I was like all right everyone here is relaxed like um, it doesn't feel strict it feels very much player driven um, people are just hanging out and I walked around and uh, I met Ollie and I had a good chat I, I didn't know he the German the soldier <laughs> aka sorry no 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 you're fine you're fine um yeah I met him I had a good chat uh no idea it was the store owner Ty was like look at this lovely man um as he does but um yeah it was just really really relaxing and for me personally because I was down in I think part of it for me was I was in Sydney for the bulk of the lockdown so I was more or less stuck in my apartment um I went the only real like experience I had outside of my apartment, I went fishing. I was told to stop fishing, and then I just like by a couple of um, yeah. Anyway, I was told to stop fishing. Went back to my apartment. Several months go by, I haven't really seen anyone, and then coming back into this bright and friendly and engaging community, it's an absolutely unreal experience. There every Friday. <laughs> I think um, Ollie's probably the only store owner, not the only, but. One of the only that like legitimately is a gamer. Like he he him and his wife own that store because he he's retired from the army as a pension and he wants to game. He loves it. Loves playing magic, loves playing flesh and blood, brute especially. Uh he's a wealth of knowledge in games, very good deck builder, and when we have armories he's playing. That's why you can never guess he's the owner because he's it's more likely we're behind the counter putting results in while he's like outside having to smoke. I think there was the photo of the PQ about six people behind the computer yes, trying yeah. to figure out what was going on. Yep. 
but no, th- there's definitely that that sense of community. That's what makes his store, even though it's nowhere near Sydney, so successful for Fab. Is it's people go to hang out with friends. We all go early. We order dinner. There's no rush. The rounds aren't usually timed if it's just an armory. Um, we recruit so many new players there. Jeez, at, at the Uprising pre-release, I think he had like maybe three or four new players there. Two of whom yep. I don't think you've, it, ne- you've never met. I'd never met before. He always have a, has a yep. slew of new players there. Yep. And it's even, like, that's also because he's always open. So people come and play Commander and then they're still there when the Flesh and Blood kicks off and they're like, ah, oh, what's that? We're like, hey, grab a deck, join. And most stores aren't like that. And it helps he has all the singles you need. The he worst does. thing would be playing Flesh and Blood in a store that has no singles yep. and you want to fill out your deck or get some cards on the night and they're not available. Yeah, Blood Rush Gaming has all the singles. Well, he gets everything open. Yeah. Plus everything he buys. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. He has a lot. He, he has a lot. Yeah, yeah, he definitely... So if you're not a familiar, obviously we'll talk about other LGSs too, but Oli has Blood Rush Gaming, which online, his presence is bigger as MTG card sales because that's where he started. He has deck box auction house, both for magic and flesh and blood. So he, he's in it, like, and he, it's all fun for him. He he pays his way through it as well, but it's mainly fun. Mm. Yeah. But so, he's successful because it's fun. So what makes a good LGS? What do you think, Justin? Community. Straight up. Um, I, I, I've been into hobbies more or less since I was 12 years old. As soon as I had enough money to buy my first Warhammer kit, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But... Absolutely, it's the community. It's the like it needs to be a little competitive, I think, but in mm. the right kind of way. You want to go there. You want to feel like you're fighting for something. But for instance, like if I, if I was to play against a game against anyone at Blood Rush, I make a mistake, I lose. Yeah, I'm sad, I lost. But we'll sit down. They'll explain to me what I did wrong. I'm a fairly new player. It's a it's fantastic. Yeah. What, do you think? Uh, what was that? For? Hold on, one second. Yep. I just heard Warhammer first box. <laughs> Tell me that. But please, just just right, indul- 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 right. indulge me a little. Indulge me a little. What 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 was your flavour? Wood elves. Ooh. Wood elves, and then I got, I ended up playing Tyranids for a good long while because my mate next nice. door bought the battle from a Craig box, and he thought they were ugly. Um, Wood elves, Tyranids, moved on to Eldar and Blood Angels, and I love my collection, but unfortunately it's been a few years since I've played. Awesome, man. Awesome. You know, it's like, there's a sad version of that story. Yeah. I've been wanting to play Warhammer since I was 12. Because I moved to Australia when I was 13. Uh, White Dwarf magazine was like, I'd buy them just to look. Yeah, in yeah, Lebanon, yeah. they sold white no, no, dwarf no. in Lebanon. Yeah, like, oh, so yeah. I moved here at, like I was 13 or so. Okay, yep. Not 12, 13. Um, and yeah, I'd buy the magazines. I'd go in the stores and look. And f- no one ever offered to show me how to play. It looked very like, like it t- would take a lot, you know, to like buy a kit. And you'd watch t- like online tutorials or even read and like sanding stuff back and spray painting away. Oh. Right, but you need like a mentor in that, especially when you're that young. Look, and I, ne- never, never. I explain to you this way: turning up to a, a ProQuest or a Calling in Flesh and Blood, super simple. You got your deck; it's sleeved. Yeah, you've got a deck box. Yeah, you've yeah. got dice. You got a, a a paper, a pen, a backpack. You're good to go. You're good to go. Water bottle, whatever. Holy jeez! For freaking Warhammer, I'm telling. And Justin can probably yep, you yep. know resonate with this. That's it. You need to get your army. You need to paint your bloody army, and it needs to be painted to a certain standard. 
to get the points in the tournament because they always have like you get a certain amount of points for winning games, you get a certain amount There's of points like for like a sp- best painted or correct, yeah. but you have to hit a minimum standard just to get a certain amount of points in the painting category that goes towards your overall points for the tournament. Yep. And in order to hit that, you have to like have the bases done to a certain standard. It doesn't have to be professional, but you need to at least have your army painted. So you have to have painted all your army, which is fucking takes forever, right? So you you're getting these models, you're Stripping them down, sanding them, filing yep. them, painting them, dipping them, gluing them, all this sort of stuff. Then you need to transport them to your tournament. I was waiting for you to bring that which up. Which could be a three-day <laughs> tournament. So all the bases- I've seen people rock oh, up with their big Oh, um, shit. You got your coffee trays, right? I used to take these big- um, Serving people, what do they trays. do? They put magnets on yeah. the bottom so they don't fall over. So this is what you do. So you magnetize the bases of your models, okay? And then you have movement trays. Back when Warhammer was rank and file, you'd get mag- magnet um, plates, yeah. like rubber magnets. You'd glue them to your movement bases and then your That's where the army... It's like a bit of land where you put the soldiers in. Is that yeah, what, correct. Yeah. yeah, like a rectangle base or yeah. a square base. And you'd... Your, your your units, individual units, would magnetize to that. And then you'd put that on a, on a grippy surface. You'd get those grip from Clark Rubber or something, some non-slip surface that you'd put on your coffee tray. So anyway, it's this whole bloody thing. People would bring toolboxes. And anyway, by the time you get to a tournament, you've got freaking a whole car load filled of paraphernalia. It's unbelievable. But whereas, you know, Flesh and Blood, you just got a little deck box, you're good to go. So... Yeah, you take your backpack and you've got space for what you pick up on the day. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, those miniature tournaments were. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> it was full on. What, what what would you say makes a good LGS? A good LGS owner, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Well, let's be real here, or, or a very good manager. I've been to stores yeah. that like the managers very good, and you don't need the owner there. From the deeps, <laughs> one of them. The owner's never there. Let's go deep in this. Mm. For, uh, and I might as well get into it. Look, for some reason, people that are attracted to opening LGSs, and I'm uh, like, this is just from my own experience here, are either one or two, one or two things. They're either not the the best people, right? They're just got no idea. They're just not nice people, or they're lazy as freaking hell, right? Very rarely do you get someone that opens an LGS that's a hard worker and is a genuine good person. They do happen, right? They do that. Those people do come along, but they're rare. For some reason, the industry of LGS owners is plagued with lazy people that have no idea or no business in running a store, or they're just absolute, you know. Basically. Well, they're milking it for money. Yeah, yeah. Or they're yeah. just, or they're just like bad people. There's no so, community or passion. Like yeah. we, when we talked, um, when we've talked in the past about like price support and stuff, there's so much of that now. It's like the tournament, like LSS sends a document out going, "This is what you can charge. This is what the price support we're offering is," and then the stores charge the maximum with the minimum pricing. Like they pick. <laughs> the most amount of money they can make, which is for hilarious because if you're in it for money, you're in the wrong. But like, there's no money in running that event, even if you had 100 people turning up at those rates and zero like input back in the community. Well, if you go to Ollie's as an example, there's no way 
if you want a deck or you want to borrow a deck, heck, we have a we have a box full of legendary equipment in red sleeves for people to borrow. Like if they don't have a tunic, you can ask Ty. He gives you a tunic for the night. No one does that. I've got no issues with stores making money. Okay, stores need to make money. If they don't make money, we don't have stores. That's a given. Okay, I I like stores to make money. So, and every store's overheads is different depending on the country, yep. uh, the location, the rent. That, like there's there's many factors. So I I don't want like it'd be hard for me to to sort of, you know, cast judgment on, on, on certain stores that might give out less pricing. I understand that. It's it's more than just pricing. It's a be it's a, to me it's about transparency. Okay? Transparency. If your if your community is on board with uh, your systems of prize payouts, whether they're they're generous or not, but yep. if you're very transparent about how you run your business and you're consistent and you have the integrity and you foster a good community, I don't think it matters, right? But the thing that really gets me, and obviously it's, it's, it's really is a hangover from magic, is the non-transparency, the shifty behavior, changing prize payouts at the last minute. Jeez, I've seen that so many times back in yeah, Magic. We, I mean, like, we know a few stores with missing yeah. missing promos, armories that never fired, that just the cold for Kadachi is nowhere to be seen. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we came back the week after to play for it, and they're like, oh, no, it's it's the new armory kit. We're like, what happened to the play mat and the Kadachi that we... <laughs> yeah, it's like with the, with the, with the, with the, with the copper... You know the cold four coppers. How oh, many, and those, how many those of them heroes at the WTR drafts that w- none of them really were full because they got thirty two heroes, and most stores in Australia don't get thirty two players at a at a event. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stores gave out the spares, like they did top eight, got more or whatever, and some of them just gave out. We're like, where's the rest? And like, oh, we're not supposed to give them out. I'm like, no, the document says you have to give out all the do- anyway. And who knows? I'm sure they've hit the market. Mm. Like, yeah, you make a good point. When it comes to over and above pricing, yeah. I'm not really one to judge. Like I said, it comes down to transparency and being engaged with the community. When it comes to price support from publishing companies... The free like, stuff. The free stuff, whether it's from LSS. Like, mm. if stores hold that back, especially, let's just talk about Flesh and Blood with sure, LSS, sure, yeah. because that was common in Magic, right? <laughs> it, was, it was a disease, you know, like these stores used to hold back FNM promos. The amount of stores that used to do that in Sydney, it wasn't funny. And you see them selling it a month later. It happened all the time because, you know, at, at certain times there was very expensive FNM promos, right? Paths and, you know, all sorts of good stuff that was up for grabs. And to see stores try and continue that with flesh and blood, it, it really hurts. I don't think it's like widespread or a plague in flesh and blood, but i just like plead to any store managers or, or store owners that are listening. Like, even if you have four people turn up to your armory, you need to give out all that prizing each month. Yeah. I, know, I, know, I know it might hurt and I know it's hard to manage because you have to assess how many people will be there in the month. And if you are holding back prizes, make sure on the final week before you start your new armory cycle, just give it all out. Yep. Even if one person turns up, just give just them give the it whole, to them. Just give I mean, them I've everything. I mean, I've been to armories where I got the cold fall and the playmat because it was just me and one other person. Yeah. it's like it, it's it's But it's free to them. It should be a given that they, they don't keep it for the next month. Because there's some stores right now with literally a massive box full of fab promos. Like not just the cards. We're talking all the playmats from 
six months ago. Oh, yeah. Makes no sense. And some of them will use the excuse, ah, but LSS say we have to do these as armory, not like we can't run an event where the reward is this. It's like, well, every time a player walks into your store to play Flesh and Blood, hand them a playmat. Doesn't um, belong, like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to yeah. comment. Like, the, the first time I saw the Christmas cracked bauble, yes. I was so excited. That was about two weeks ago. <laughs> I rocked up in an armory, exactly the same thing. I was oh, dude, they were them. wicked, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. LSS does such a good job with the promos, but they're free. Like, the, the store doesn't pay for them. The store orders products from the distributor. The distributor sends the kit that LSS sends them. Like, they don't even pay shipping because they only send you the stuff when you order more flesh and blood anyway. Like, it's part of the shipping. Uh, just a question for you, which we'll go around again. Hopefully an answer. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 um, so you said community makes a good LGS. Yes. What makes a good community? It's mm. a good one. Can I be really basic and say yeah. the people? Yeah. Yeah. But, but expand. Expand. No one word answers. It's a freaking podcast, man. You've got to like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, I guess like. Well, what, ma- what makes, so your biggest experience in flesh and blood is blood rush yes what makes blood rush's community good what about the people people are there to win but they're not afraid to help other people win yeah if that makes sense i think i think that's really the bulk of it because i like 40k is a good example there are a lot of gotcha moments um like the first time i didn't realize that um Invol saves were a thing when they updated the edition and everything else. But Magic did the same thing. There were a lot of combinations. It's a very complex game. There's so much card yep. matter um, in existence. And um, Flesh and Blood, I sit down. Oh, by the way, I do this. Watch out for this when it happens. First game at an armory. They're like it, it's it's free prizing from the store, mm. as you just explained. But it's still prizing. Like, yes, you still there's, have a, there's a reason to win. to win. Yes, you have motive to win. But just just that help over the curve even see it with experienced players like i was a new player at the time um i'm not as new anymore in the no you're not you've, you've been playing very well <laughs> thank you very I much i mean you did better than all of us in the sealed event at you uprising we all noticed five one he nearly won the box i was mm-hmm. i was kicking myself um for those of you who <laughs> don't know i was tired i had adrenaline from my five wins so far and on the final table i arsenal the yellow card as icelander and i accidentally completely unintentionally attempted to play it on my opponent's turn who accepted the play who accepted the play great player the play but when we both (laughs) realized what had happened um unfortunately the judge resolution was i had to reveal my hand and in an islander miramax she knew i couldn't block the arcane and i was dead right yeah that's not cool no it was all right (laughs) <laughs> like I, I was just, I was just, st- I was ecstatic to have made it that far. So honestly, if I had to put it in my words, you're saying as a new player, which is probably the most important perspective for this, because yeah. established players are already so deep in them in the meta and deck building, and we know how even other people play in their decks. We don't, we forget sometimes what the experience is to walk in when you still don't know what priority when. And you're saying. The reason the community is good is it's a competitive enough environment to feel some adrenaline, yeah. but you never feel like you're on the outside of the group where you just get, you're there for fodder. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess if you put it, uh, talking about fodder, like it's a living thing. You need to feed it. You need to nurture it. You need, yep. you need to let it grow. And at no point at any time, even in the more competitive games I was playing at The Calling, um, have I ever felt like anyone was attempting to do anything else. Yep. They're there to help people enjoy the game. That's it. 
I really hope that culture continues in flesh and blood. You know, we're a new game, so like everyone's very eager to help new people. And I really hope in five, ten years from now that continues um, because I, that's that's a culture that can get lost because at the moment, I think for the most part, when it comes to, you know, ProQuest might be a little different, calling's obviously a bit different, but when it comes to armories or on-demand events or drafts, if you're sitting across from someone that's new and I don't want to put a time frame on that because someone that's played two games might have a good command of the game versus someone that's been playing for three months and still have no idea what they're doing but essentially if you know someone has a very basic understanding of the game and is quite new like I hope the culture continues in flesh and blood where we help them like we help those people in game you know like and if we you know if they get the better of us who cares you know what i mean and that's the culture uh blood rush has like if there's a new player there like we're quite happy in an armory event to talk them through i mean we and blood rush we commonly the round takes 40 minutes oh yeah and i'm the only one that complains Mm, that that's yeah. tr- I'm the only one that's ever like going. I just want to go. Ollie, home. just yeah, you're just yeah, like no, no, Ollie. Just ev- stop smoking outside, mate. <laughs> no, no, just get even, well, that's because the smokers in the group usually wait till the round's over to go get a smoke. But what I'm saying is, there's usually like a table with someone new and someone showing them how to play, and we all are happy to wait. Like I'm, I'm never upset at them taking long. I'm just usually watching the clock more than others. How about you, Paul? What makes and, and maybe make a different example than just Blood Rush, but what makes a good community in an LGS? Um, for me, what makes a good community is an active community, okay? Like people that are active and are turning up and are engaged. Um, people that talk outside of the event. So not just people that you talk to once a week mm. at the event. So people that have chat groups or things of that yes. nature. Like I believe that a really strong community is something tr- that transcends the game. Like maybe you make a circle of friends. I think, I think it transcends the LGS. Yes, of course. Like, yep. and and we've done this. Like, you'll eventually have a group of friends from Flesh and Blood that you'll actually do things that don't revolve around Flesh and Blood. You might all go watch a movie together, or go out and get grab a meal together, or who wants know? to see the new Thor on my birthday? It comes out a few days after my birthday. Oh yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> you know, or go yeah, fishing. Yeah. Like that. That's my thing that makes a real good community when it. It really is, it's about more than the game. Yep. Don't get me wrong, the game's like the center thing that brought you all together, but it's deeper than that. It always gets deeper. You know, yep. It's deeper than that. It's something that transcends that. It's something that's tangible, okay? And I like characters, okay? I like when a community's filled with eccentrics. That's Which is me. blood rush to a T. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like freaks and yes. all sorts. So and, and the card world's full of freaks in the best of ways. Mm. There's, there's no two people alike. Uh, you can go like, you know, the more jock-centered, like uh, you go watch a footy game or like I did UFC, uh, jiu-jitsu for a while. And like people be like, let's go watch UFC. That that has a lot more of a boring demographic, people that watch UFC than people that go to a calling. That's for sure. I'm talking genders. I'm talking dress code. I'm talking... But it's, I, it's a lot less judgy. But I've said this before, even on my channel. I mm. think out of... Well, personal experience, all the games that I've been involved in, whether it's computers, D&D, mm. Warhammer, miniatures, all different games, TCGs do have the broadest demographic, in my opinion. Yep. Okay, like, you're much more likely to get a broader demographic of p- 
personality, I believe, in a TCG than you would, you know, go into a Dota tournament or something. Sure. Like, you know, like, you, you really would, yeah. okay? Like, I really believe, like, TCGs do attract your non-stereotypical basement-dwelling gamer type. True. Like, I just think it does. Oh, I we know. have supermodel Hayden Daly in our yeah, community. I, and, you know? and, and, and that's what I love about <laughs> it. Like, you know, TCGs in the yeah. community, you get such a broad spectrum of people. Yeah. You don't just get... Well, I mean, we have we have doctors. We yeah. have ex-army. We have Ex- corporate people. Professional sportsmen. Uh, Correct. You know, yeah. Yeah, we've got Some everyone. of everything. Yeah. And that's what makes and it fantastic. And the age groups too. Like, our youngest player just turned 18. In our group, who'd be the oldest around us? I'm trying to think. I don't need to name names here, but I think if is there anyone yeah, there's a few people that'd be over forty for sure. In our wider community, yeah, yeah there would yeah. be. Um my take's maybe a little different. I've put a lot of thought into this because I I was looking at buying an LGS and it's something that my, my I think I I think when I looked into it properly, it felt like something I should do when I'm thinking of taking a step back. Because I don't think the you get into owning a store if you're trying to set yourself up financially. You can, but I think when you're building community, you can't just focus on profit. I think they they actually clash a bit. Um, from what I can see, the best way to have a community in an LGS is to stop looking at the local <laughs> at all. Like the best, there's a couple of examples of that. Ollie's one of them. He turns up to events and plays. He plays at other pro quests. He plays at skirmishes. He plays when he can get away. He traveled to the calling. If you looked around the calling, there's not that many LGS owners there. Only other one would be Andy from Chromatic. Yeah, big who's shout a, out to Andy. Yeah, Andy's a gamer. Exactly. So he's like a big gamer. Andy is also another example of someone who owns a store but plays all the games in the store, owns singles. He's built a good when he's community. Not, correct. A real good community. His own. He mm. has his own locals. He has yeah. his own new players. There's decks behind the counter. He lets people use and borrow. That I think that's how you do it is you are in the community and it doesn't only have to do with your LGS. Like these stores that don't let you type that, hey, we're going to another store in their group chat and stuff are where that stuff starts to crumble. While the ones that are involved that the community, as in they're in the game first and mm. they also happen to own a store is much different to I'm in the game because I own a store. And you can immediately think of which shops you go to that are one or the other. Some are just, I'm a store that runs Fab and Magic and blah, blah, blah. And there's people that are like, I own a store, but I love playing Flesh and Blood and Magic. And they go to other stores and they support them. And they chat to them and they're in other chat groups and you see them because the owner's in the community and suddenly that store usually has the better community because, I mean, by default, they're networking with everyone and they're not only looking at profit. They're doing it because they love it. They turn up to events because they love it. Ollie was playing the calling. You know what I mean? You didn't. He wasn't getting paid. There was no financial incentive. But I've got this question for you. Yeah. Where do you make the boundary between happy-go-lucky collaborating with your competitors to having some of those checks and balances in where what, it comes what, to group. What, how would you What I'm trying that? to say is, um, without naming names, yeah, of but course. there's a few stores that don't know what the current format is. They don't mm. know the events that are coming up. Mm. Now, of course, if you own a store and you're busy and your staff is sick and you can't go to other events and you have to focus on your business, your bread and butter, like that comes first. 
But if you don't know that we're coming up the road to nationals and it's draft and you're not scheduling drafts, like I'm, I'm a community member who's drafting in my lounge room basically because I'm getting ready for RTN. Where are the local stores telling me to go there and draft, opening their doors going, John, why don't you open up, put it in as another, where are they? That is important. That's how you grow community. We, we, we do it. You and I do it. But not every store owner does it. Let's get negative, baby. I just want to get... I want to get <laughs> filthy. But it's true. I want to get it's filthy. True. I want to get filthy and dirty right now. Because I'm by the you. way, I'm someone that definitely knows how to make money. That's how you actually make money. Is you build that loyalty. You go, ah, oh, this is the store that lets us come in after hours and draft. This is the store that helped me build my deck. He dropped off cards for me before. That, that's what makes money. If you're just sitting back going, the community will come, well, they're not going to come. Do you want to know my pet hate? And you probably already know this. <laughs> Holy shit. My pet freaking hate, let's get let's get real dirty, is when a store owner puts in a chat group or asks the community when you say, hey, what format are we doing next month for Armory? And they say, what do you, what do you folks want? You know what format you know, you know does what everyone I want? I hate this. Is your store? Yeah. You fucking you tell, tell us, us what you're doing. You be in touch with what the seasons are in Flesh and Blood. Are we coming up to skirmish season? Are we coming up to ProQuest season? You know what I are hate. Are we coming up to drafting season? Fucking how hard is it? I hate when these store owners ask the community what format should be on because you're going to have a thousand different opinions. Yeah. You're going to have some people that are happy or unhappy. You own the store. You do your you research. You think about it with good intentions and tell us what the format is with plenty of notice. Fucking hell. Don't tell us an hour before the event that it's, no. you know, the format. I won't changing. come. I've made that very clear. Holy if shit. You, if I don't know the format the day before, I'm not coming If anymore. that's one... Because I gotta pull decks apart. Most yeah. most of us have to pull a deck apart. Because like you play oh Rana CC Blitz, I play Dory CC and Blitz. I don't want to come to your store half an hour before the event, and all I'm doing rather than hanging out with the community, I'm sitting in the corner, de-sleeving and re-sleeving. And you know what I hate more than that? This is to the community, not the owners. Stop fucking doing polls on what day people want to play. There's only seven days a week. Not every store has to cater to you. Don't mm -hmm. even vote in those polls. Just let this. The store should decide what's good for them. Yeah. The and and then yeah, then there's a schedule. And then if there's three stores locally that have an event on the same night, let let like people trying to micromanage the community, thinking there's only like five people that are going to play, are already losing. Look, F and M. What does that it's mean? F and M. Friday night magic. <laughs> Every store in fucking Sydney had magic on the same yeah. night and it worked well. And guess well. what happens? And this is why I think yeah. people do it. If you're confident that you're doing a good job and your price support's good and your seating's comfortable and you're not going to oversell tickets to your event, it'll be full. The stores that run good events don't ask that question. The they go, yeah, go, go, go. No, no, no. Sorry, Justin. No, no, go, go, go. We're starting to get go. loose. We're getting, we're getting heated. <laughs> no, it's good, it's good. The thing that I've unfortunately experienced in the same vein yep. is a lot of these store owners, and this this happened a lot when I was back when I was playing Modern, um, they know who the loyal players are. They know they'll show up regardless of the format. They yep. know they'll show up just to play no matter what. They cater to the new players because they want to buy new customers. So... Going back to the discussion of what format's coming up, they know what format's coming up. They don't care. They want to buy the new mm. customers into the store's community. They're not going to support the more loyal, long-term 
members like that. Yeah, rather that's a than good point. rather than teach the new players the format that they need to play if they want to have a yes. crack at the competitive scene, they just yeah, you, you know what I'm trying to explain. Which is yeah. something yeah, I do. Something I do. Paul a made point. a video about was CC might be a much better way to teach people how to play. And there's some truth to it. I think that blitz is actually much more punishing because yeah. blitz for a while was so quick that you only had two or three turns, and as a new player, you most likely made a mistake in one of them, which costs you the game nearly all the time. If you played the blitz calling, like I came ninth, the games I lost were usually on one misplay by me, and the ones I won were easily could have been attributed to a big misplay by the opponent, like a wrong block, or you know what I mean. Like it's usually, or I misinterpreted. I thought. I didn't. I forgot they had an arsenal and two floating, and I got pummeled. And that's that's. I should have seen it, and I didn't see it, and I lost the game. While CC is like twenty four damage presented, you go. Oh, I'll take it. I'm a new player, and you get to have a turn after that. Even when they, have, it's possibly just a form of laziness when people go down the easiest format or what the community wants versus what's actually better for the community long-term and putting and resources. Resources is important. Having singles is important. Knowing how to deck build is important. Like if the store owner can't give me advice on a sideboard or something, it's weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like why are you running the event? You see, I started on Blitz because I wanted to play Islander when 0-3. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, no, no, no. That, that's yeah, a fair yeah. point. We're not, we're not are, trying to say every no, store should be point. CC. I'm more of an advocate of... You decide what you are as a yeah. store. Don't like you grow that community. You, sh- you know what's funny is this discussion we are passionate about. We're more passionate than some of the store owners. We shouldn't be. They should be the passionate ones. It's like it's their li- livelihood. And, and and I just want to mm. give another big shout out because you know I've been friends with Andy for a long time from Chromatic Games. Big shout out to Andy. Mm. You know he set his store up Chromatic Games to be a competitive store. Yeah. So his armories RCC. He makes no apologies for it. Yep. He ain't doing blitz. He ain't doing anything else. Friday nights, he's doing CC armories, right? That that that's that's yep. his even with his Which, even with his prize payouts mm. and his weekend events, whether it's poker, skirmish, things like that, they're top heavy. He makes no apologies for that. And I respect that because that's the mission of the store. He wants to be a competitive store and he wants to reward people that improve and get good results. I have no problem with that, as long as you're transparent about um, uh, I guess I guess your sto- store's mandate. Mm. So whatever whatever lane you pick as a store, yeah, it's here nor there in my opinion. It's more like as long as you're transparent and you're communicating that with your community, you're not sitting there three hours before your event going, "What are we going to run tonight?" Let's ask the chat group. You know, oh for fuck's sake, no, you no. know that is just the worst. But you're not showing leadership, but it's you, not even that. You know, Who's, I'm the consumer. Mm. As active as I am in the community and as much as I want to personally help people, I am a consumer. Mm. You are taking my money. I come and I give you money and you take it. That should be you making those. You should be stressing about what format. You should be worried about advertising. You should be worried about bringing new players in. Like, yes, the community will help you, but you 100% if you want to take the role of I'm a store owner, community building's on you. Mm. There's, by the way, like... People might even think we're talking about a specific store. I'm thinking of four of them specifically that I've been to <laughs> locally that are like that, that I get blamed. I'm like, hey, when's the event running? Oh, we don't get enough people. So like we can move it for you guys, but we might stop running it. I'm like, I we didn't even know you ran flesh and blood, man. Like how can, 
Also, if you're truly also, pa- how is that my problem? Yeah. If you're truly passionate about a game, and back when I got into Magic in 2013, and I'll shout this story out back then, GameScube, back mm. in 2013, story on Lindsay, he was so passionate about Magic back then. He was really passionate, okay? There's no denying that when he first opened his business, 2013, he was playing in every event. Yep. He wouldn't care if three people turned up to draft night. He was number four, and we would do four pod drafts. Okay, I did quite a few of them there. Yep. So if you really want your community to grow, it doesn't matter if you get one, two, three, four people there. Learn the game and play the game with your community. If you're passionate about it and you're, you know, and you're preaching from the, you know, yeah, uh, up in the cheap seat. If you're letting well, you're them correct, know, you don't need you don't need anyone to help. The people will come. Yeah, okay, the people will come. But if you sit there not interested, going, "Oh, this game sucks. We're not getting people turn up. I'm not I'm not updating my um, stores." That's another bugbear of mine. Put your bloody events on in the, the yeah. on the site on the fabtcg.com website. I hate not being able. To, like I hate not knowing. I'm like, yeah. oh, let's go play here, and like, wait, what time is their event? And then it's two different times on Facebook and the website. And you're like, what format is it? And it's two different formats. You're like, oh, when no. I first got into <laughs> Fab in May uh, May last year, mm. I found the stores using the event locator as on everyone Fab would when TCG. they start. Yeah. Stores are getting lazy now. They're not putting their events mm. in the Fab Till TCG like the day, we- of? The dab- day before. Yeah. Fuck. Put your events one, two, three months out. You should because as a new player that has no connections in the community isn't invited or, or, or involved in the Facebook groups, not on Twitter, all that other BS. Yep. New players will literally just go to the, the front of house website. They'll go to the event locator. They'll type in their suburb. Correct. And if your events aren't showing up, they're not showing up. Like what I'm getting well, at all is- the, All the new products, they say learn to play. Exactly. You go to the learn to play- then when you finish reading or watching the videos at the bottom, it says locator. Locator. You, so if you're a new player, you bought a blitz box, uh, sorry, a blitz deck, and you look, and then you go, and you put in your postcode, and there's no events, the game's dead. The point of what I'm right? saying is that, that, that there needs to be a buy-in. Okay? Yeah, like, yeah. in order for Flesh and Blood to succeed in your store, you need to buy into it. Yeah. Okay? If you're not passionate about it, or you're not playing with your customers, or you don't know what season we're in, whether we're coming up to skirmish, pro quest, whatever. If you're just sitting from the sidelines expecting your community to run, and don't get me wrong, I think the community, you know, ambassadors will help you. But if you're just so blase about it and have no care factor and are saying to your community, like, you know, John used the example saying, oh, I might have to stop running because not many people are turning up to the event. That's not the community's fault. That's your fault. Man, if I owned a store, I'm not I'm not a defeatist by nature. I'd yeah. be like free entry for a year. I'd do numbers. I guess it's going to cost me two grand free entry for a year, two grand. It's not expensive to give me a... Like if you gave every player a pack, I think the cost of a pack is $4 Australian, like at cost. You're telling me you can't do $40 a night for a year, like a week, a year? Do we, do, do, what? I'm just waiting for one store to go free armory entry. They do them in America. But that's what There's I'm saying. Of places do you know how many America players I talk to on a weekly basis that I go, hey, are we playing? When am I seeing you? They're like, John, you play like 10 armories a week. I can't afford it. Well, what if the armory was free? One store. If one store did free armories once a week, right? It's $10 entry. If they just did free entry if you buy something, if you, you have to spend $10 in the store, right? They get $10 in the store, the armory is free. As if you wouldn't go in, buy two packs. 
I'll buy two packs anyway. That, but, yeah, okay, <laughs> but I'm the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm, but what I'm saying is, how can you sit back and go, "Poor me, no one comes," instead of just actually thinking, going, "All right, I've got this night set out for flesh and blood. How do I fill the room? Do I have to order pizzas? Do I have to get hot girls?" What do I need to do? I'm, I'm not kidding though. You think I'm yeah. kidding? No, no, do, no. Do I, a know, I know you're contest. not kidding. If you don't do it, do a cosplay contest. You don't think people turn up? You need to do it. It's not the community's yeah. job to, to like we, we, our job is to turn up. So are you telling me to open a game store? Is that what you're telling you, me right no. now? You should get into acting, mate. That's what you should do. Uh, you, <laughs> fail. fail. Yazzie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got to No, that's team. Team Yazzie. <laughs> All right, Justin. Question for sure, you. Sure, sure. What, what's your what would be your positive suggestions as okay. a new player yep. that you'd want? Give one to LSS as well. You've been to obviously Armories, yep, and you've been to one of their biggest Australian events. I think probably like uh, turnout turnout wise yeah. was the biggest they've ever done. Yeah, calling. You've been equivalent to a GP yeah. as a four week player. That's amazing. That was an absolute blast. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was amazing. But but give give um suggestions to to. Community growing suggestions As someone that's new You're not just new You're also like someone That's come in and brought So you've brought a gift To the community You're you're someone local Who will do altars for us Which is wicked to have Like I can turn a $5 card Into like my most prized possession <laughs> What what would What would you tell LGS's And what would you tell LSS As suggestions As a new player that's a really tricky question. <laughs> I'll try and put it this way. Sure. You you got into the game from someone specific, which is yeah. the best case scenario for the LGS and LSS. But you said you tried three or four weeks. You didn't have a good uh, experience getting in. It needed Ty to invite you to the right place. Ty's amazing, by the way. Yeah, sure. He recruits a lot of that. people. What I'm saying is what could both of those have done for the four weeks before Ty? What would you have needed to see to, to like have gotten excited four weeks earlier? Because by the way, for every one of you, there's ten people that had the same experience. Friend told them to play, they they went and tried to play, couldn't find an armory, or they weren't like the information just wasn't there, and they just don't play. Well, okay, I'll use my own experience. So I went to a supplying store. I yep. bought a box at the store. I cracked it at the store. Yeah, asked them how I could play. Oh yeah. Well, from my perspective, I've just bought a box. Like, yeah, want me to be here? I'm clearly a customer. I'm clearly <laughs> wanting to pay money to play this game like a box isn't just a couple of packs it's a box like i wanted to crack the packs but um want me to be here and show me that you want me to be here come over have a chat like oh did you crack anything nice show me some enthusiasm mm. yeah you want to build mm. the community that's it so you didn't have that experience the first box you opened no first yeah. five neither boxes. did i <laughs> yeah neither did i mm -hmm. in yeah. fact when i opened and i'm happy to say this like i opened and at that point, it was during COVID, I opened the first Ed Crucible of War box from Gamescube, opened it, hit a Shiana cold foil. I'm like texting the people there going, hey, like, do I grade this? Do I put it in the sleeve? Like, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even get replies. <laughs> I was like, so you have to jump online and figure it out. So, Or ask your mate Ty. <laughs> well, I didn't have a mate tie at the time. Well, what yeah. would you tell... So, mind you, those two marry up. So the, the OGS maybe maybe they had no idea. They just stock it because the distributor told them to. But what should LSS maybe... What would have helped if LSS had done something there different? Um, well, I think I think that's a really tricky question because LSS, like, they're providing an experience. But it is, in my opinion, it's still the LGS owner's responsibility to take on that guidance and implement it. Yeah. So... To the best of my knowledge, LSS provide a 
huge amount of support in terms of information. They recommend event structurings. They explain all of the um, maths behind the pairings. They've got a judge program, which is free, I think, for the f- if you want to take the tier one judge program, oh, yeah. it's free. Yeah. So there's tons and, then you and get tons paid of resources there, which is unreal. Some yeah. of the judge prizes are better than the <laughs> yeah. player prizes. Yeah. They've got uprising first. And so well. they should be. No, no, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're volunteers. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're volunteers. Judges should yeah. be getting compensated very well. Sorry, continue. Oh no, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. I absolutely agree. Um, but yeah, it is a really tr- tricky question because, again, it's my own perspective. It's my own experience so far. Yep. But it is more around how the establishment is actually managed. Sure. Yeah. How about you, Paul? <coughs> well, great points. Enthusiasm. Okay. Free tendies are done. If you're an LGS owner, LGS manager in the store and you want to delve into um, flesh and blood, you're going to have to be active. You can't sit on the sidelines and expect to make doll doll bills and rain cash with this apathetic view. And, you know, like now's the time to get in the weeds, get in the mud, get enthusiastic. Like it's just like it is with any other game, like that whole very strange twilight era that happened for a couple of years. It's it's done, okay? It's done. It's a real game now. It's a player's game. You have a game store. You should, you should be passionate about having people playing games. As simple as that. Like, you're not just, like, selling these quirky things mm. that are sealed and then going to go to the moon three weeks later. That, that, that That's all done. So, <clears throat> if you want to run Flesh and Blood and you want to have a successful Flesh and Blood community or LGS owner, you need to be enthusiastic, need to be excited need to have a genuine passion in the game yeah right like any other job or hobby you're into that you want to succeed okay it's as simple as that how you structure your prizes and things like that's here or there okay just make sure you give the just give the prizes away that lss gives you it's very simple it's to grow the community you know yeah exactly over and above that i don't want to weigh into that i've, I've said my opinions on that over and above the LSS pricing, it, there's too many variables. Okay, there really is. Uh, look, th- I, I was talking more specifically. Obviously, you got to charge. You got to look at your rent and if you're paying staff or not. And yeah, what you, there's a lot of factors. I think for me, one thing that's not happening that probably should happen more. And my suggestion, if anyone here is involved in a store with one of those big promo boxes that have a million promos that haven't been given out, start scheduling learn to play events. Mm-hmm. Schedule them. Give away those old promos. Free entry, you get a pack and a promo. Just do it. That's that's the best thing you can do because there are hundreds of other games, uh, other game players like Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Weiss, all these other games that are in the store that know about Flesh and Blood. There's some stigma with it not being a good, like not being a player game. It's a collector game. There's some stigma with just, you know, people tribalism. But I've seen that change a lot lately. I've had people that literally told me when I've been in their store, like behind the counter, our flesh and blood, the game's crap, it's dead, to asking me where they can play with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're doing the span of six months, this happened. Like two or three people. If that's happening to me, what I'm saying is run learner play events, run them right before or right after your commander night or whatever it is you're running, give away some promos, invite established players. Like I'm putting my hand up, I'll travel to you. Like even if it's interstate, if you tell me running a learner play event in Melbourne city, I'll come down. I'll bring boxes. That's, that's all you should be focused on if you're a store. You should on a on a if you're running flesh and blood armories is what I'm talking about. You should have a full store. The game's fucking amazing. The community by far and large is amazing. There's not that much competitive 
sharking and stuff happening at an armory level. Even at our calling, we really had no... I think there was one DQ that we don't know why, but that was like the worst of it. We don't know. Mm. Like, But that's out of 300 and something players. You bring up a good point. And again, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. Early in the days, probably a year or so after um, Gamescube, Lindsay was open, he did similar things. He mm. used to have sealed days, right? So... Eventually, I'm sure Flesh and Blood will get to a point where they have sealed call-ins, okay? Like a sealed GP, yep. like a limited GP. They'll have sealed day one, draft day two. I'm sure they'll get there. Same with ProQuest. They'll probably end up having limited ProQuest where it's sealed in the Swiss, draft top eight. So there was a bunch of them coming up and uh, Gamescube used to run like, uh, like primer events. So he would get like one of Australia's best players especially limited a big yep. shout out matt anderson how are you if you're watching one of the guys that taught me basically like a lot of my you know mediocre but like i was okay at draft like i was pretty decent you know i thought anyway yep. like my nats record's pretty good was because of people like matt anderson teaching me how to draft yep. fundamentally at events like this so the game store used to get these people in uh, like experts yep. compensate them all us Timmies would rock up to play in these sealed events, maybe 10, 12, 15, 16 of us. Yeah. And you'd have, it was just a casual tournament and said subject matter expert would walk around help and help us build our pools and explain to us the fundamentals mm-hmm. of how the game works, how you need to be building your pools. They would help you. And then, you know, game store at the point games cube will compensate that person for their time for spending the day with Give a bunch a of timmies. Yeah. We're just like a bunch of timmies in a bloody sand pit, you know, happy as pigs and shit. Yeah, but and that's got, like we already have judges. Like that you could easily there's you judge can do the same thing in as a store, blood. you can go on there, go, I need one judge for an event. Imagine going to a sealed day with Hayden Dale there. Imagine go, imagine but going you know, to like that. Hayden, <coughs> knowing Hayden, to, if he's got time, he rocks up. He yeah, doesn't need compensation. He'd be like, still, wait, you're going to have new yeah, players? I'll turn up. But you'd still compensate him. But you ima- should, yeah. But imagine that, like going National to National champion. Yeah, going to your store, maybe not now, but like in a year's time, going to your store, playing a sealed event, knowing like the best, the best player in Australia is going to be there mm-hmm. and he's going to take time and he's going to go around and sort of like tutorial everyone and help them. Like, we're all growing together. Yeah. And that's what I love. Like, an event like that is all net positive. It's all for the community. That's what I'm Plus, saying. the store makes a bit of money, you know, yeah. of course. But even on the on the flip side, if I owned a store, like any business, you usually it's hard to profit in the first, like, version of the store, in the first iteration, in the first couple of years. It's, it's difficult to profit. If the game's three years old, it's been out of COVID for only months. Mm-hmm. Like in the sense of most stores in the three years Flesh and Bloods existed haven't run events for three years, not even close. Correct. Lose some money on events is not a problem. <laughs> like you shouldn't have to. No one's saying you should. But if you looked at it as a business and you do believe in the game, run the events at a loss. What's the problem? Like, okay, maybe you can't afford it, but we're talking about maybe the cost of a booster box to run an event. Run it. Run it at half, like charge people $10 for 15 bucks worth of packs. Like there's still, you have to spend money to make it. You still have to advertise before people even know you exist. Like it's advertising. Use some events as advertising. Use them as marketing. It doesn't all have to be net profit. That's not how it works. If you're going to have singles, if you're going to have sealed product, the money will come when people want to play the game. We were at Gamescube. We did the pre-release event there. There were three new guys, I believe. One of them came up to me. He's like, what should I buy? I'm a new player. Go buy a history pack. 
awesome. not knowing what Lindsay charges, I'm sure he made money. Like he, I think he made more money off that one history pack box than he did on the event. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a full box at retail. Mm-hmm. But, that, but how do you do that? They're in the store playing an event. Don't yeah. wait for LSS to release a new set with dragons for people to come in and play. You can do that all by yourself. Uh, Run a UPF night. And that's another big thing. Have stock. I know it's hard <laughs> if you're struggling LSS, but geez, yeah. I've, yeah. I've been to some LGSs and they're rubbing fab events and they have no stock. Can't even buy an extra pack. And yeah, you can't buy a box. Like, geez, if, if, and I know there's some distribution. Okay. Sure. Like, sure. there's some people. But all that aside, some, it does, some of these stores look like they don't want to stock it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, all that aside, there's distribution problems overseas. They can't get product here, you know. But for those that can get product, make an investment mm. and get your product. You don't want poor little Timmy there with an itchy pocket and it's bloody burning a hole in his leg and he wants to spend his hundred bucks, yep. make sure there's something on the shelf for little Timmy to buy his product. Yep. Like that person needs to be able to buy that product. You need to have sleeves. You need to have deck box, uh, booster boxes. You need to have loose booster packs. Like, geez, we're impulsive people. You, you know, you were just saying. hundred percent. I've been laughing away over here. If you, <laughs> leave, if you see loose packs there, like even me, if I went to a store and I saw, if, and I saw crew first, loose crew first packs at a reasonable price yeah. and I was playing an armory, I'd probably buy a couple of those suckers. You, you know and good I'd games hope, in Parramatta have that? Yeah, what, are, are, they so, are they still a hundred bucks? I know. Like are they still a hundred bucks? That's fucking ridiculous. hundred bucks for a pack? Something like that. You're they were trying to charge that a year ago. I don't know what they're charging now. Know. But like, imagine that. Yeah. Like having these like little packs, like us Timmies, I'll be looking at that thing all night and if I crack one, it's like a scratchy and I hit something, you know I'm buying a couple more. Yeah, yeah. Like, these are the things I'm just saying, like, for stores, like, lean into that. Yeah. Like, people want to spend money, but they need to have things to well, spend you, money on. That's that's what I mean. The marketing, the the hype, the community building is still on the store. The players, like, we are the consumer. We, we will do some of the lifting, but it's not up to us only. Mm. And by the way, even when we're friendly, even not too competitive, you know, even when we're happy to teach new players, like I'm not at your store every day. What are you doing for the 40 hours a week you're there? People come in and ask about Fab, are you actually like offering to play a game with them? You know, like like I said, GameScube back in the day used to have the Ira decks set up, you could just play. You don't see that. You don't see the dual decks sleeved up. You see them behind the counter at places, but you don't see them sleeved up going, ah, ask us how to play with a big shiny sign on it. You don't see that. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Maybe LSS need to do like a course like that, just a <laughs> how to hype our game course, how to sell 101. And Fluke's going to be the principal <laughs> with a massive cane. And if no, you get no. a question wrong, he's going to crack that ass. Don't hit him too hard. But <laughs> honestly, I think most of this comes naturally if you do want it to grow. If you want th- This stuff will come to you if you want it to grow. It's not too hard. Yeah, how bad do you want it? That's yeah. what it comes down to. Anyway, enough negativity. Justin's I'm having a blast. <laughs> hey, man, I've been doing maths all day. Oh, no. we're, we're shooting the shit. Yeah, can you believe it, team? This guy gets paid to do maths. It's yeah. not as exciting as it sounds, folks. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. You couldn't pay me enough to do maths, actually. You'd be pretty good at five, then. That's a combat math-heavy deck. No, it's not. Five? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's, it's more math-heavy than Icelander, right? I have this many resources. I have this many cards. These resources pay for these cards. Play five. Exactly. How, mu- how much How much health <laughs> do you need to kill them? How much weight Icelander you requires back? planning. Yeah, 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 planning, but does yeah. it require play Kano. super combat Kano math? is a maths deck. Mm, no, I've been beaten by Kano too many times. Yeah, but Kano is a math deck for sure. <laughs> so Kano has the maths of counting your pitch and stacking it and knowing how many yep. cycles to get it. But it's probability of hitting off the ability. 
and then but, but actually you, calculating. But you should know in magic, like even though control decks require planning, they're not math heavy. They're planning heavy. The most math I decks like are your magic aggro decks. Actually, isn't a great comparison. But like affinity, massive aggro deck requires like to play affinity high level. Yep. You need yep, good yep, yep. math. Right. Super high math. I don't know what Be- they're talking well, about. Well, it's just like okay. you need to calculate counters, sure. what damage you can output. Like it's very, very complicated. That's why I was sort of saying like flesh and blood, like I'm just picking mm. hyper aggro deck, whether it's Bri, Fire. Like if, uh, like I'm sure if you have a real good command, of, it doesn't need to be complicated math, but just sure. very good, you know, basic bread and butter math. Whereas I know like controls more of a planning deck, like you said, Icelander. But I don't know, is Icelander raw math deck? I'm not too sure. I've never played it. Well, personally, I don't find it too mathematically intensive. I just look for lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the thing that she has new cards, which I get to play with this week, and I'm very excited for. But prior to it, like it was a little bit tricky because you'd hit a part of the combo. You wouldn't have the other pieces to set it up and you run the risk of if you arsenal, it's not a blue card, you can't cast it and then you need to, you're forcing yourself into that stagnation game where I'm just going to defend until I hit the other piece. If that makes sense. I think by the looks of it, here's what I've understood since we're talking about the new set a little bit now, Fi and Icelander and reading the articles today from Flesh and Blood. Some of these articles are great. If you haven't read them, they did some constructed Dromai and Fi and they did some draft suggestions fine Dromai red you can run the whole deck as red you can run the whole deck as draconic no 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 in constructed you can do it but by all means it looks like the more you can deviate from that the stronger the deck will get but then if you deviate too far it fails completely Iceland is the same she's an all blue deck but you'll do a lot better adding the right reds in but if you put too many reds in, you will f- die. Yeah, you could die yes. to variance. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where some of the maths comes in, yeah. is you need your rate. So, so that's why I've been doing well on Dory, is I don't make the deck. I get the maths from someone else. Okay, how many blues are they running? Okay, this is a ProQuest winning Dory deck with 18 blues in CC. I run no less than 18 blues. Then I change. But Fluke, I, don't, I need to go to the bathroom, hold that right, thought. I'll break. be back. Joe Rogan eats. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. While he's gone, <laughs> well, we can edit him out too. Just he doesn't. He didn't exist. The whole podcast is fine. I mean, who's Timmy? What is a Timmy? <laughs> Someone define to me what a Timmy is. Look, I'm a Timmy. It's okay. I know. I think I think Iceland is a full blue deck, and then yeah. you then you decide where you will take big risks for big rewards, adding some very strong either big red arcane or big red pumps like Exude or Fire Breathing. So, like, it's cool because, like, especially in CC where you still have Stir, you still have Mm. Snapback, there are some huge lines and getting the extra free card in your opponent's turn, like, it's harder to... What's the new blue that gives you a Kano ability? It's so good. It's the Tome. So it's it's, it's three-cost blue Tome. Banish the top two. Um, No, look at the top two. And you you can can banish one. one Yeah. play that card this turn. so strong. I love it. Especially if you pitch stack. Like, if you know you're going to hit... An eighth of wildfire, right? <laughs> like if you know what you're going to hit at the top. Yep. So good. I, I always get hesitant talking about eighth of wildfire in combos because obviously it's an amazing card to lead with. Yes. But if you need setup for it, it does cost two and you need other cards to back sure. it up. Sure. But yeah, that's just my take. I've been playing for a month. There you go. Yeah. Welcome and back. He's back. All right. Uprising Limited. 
<laughs> no, I'm talking thoughts. about Uprising in general. Okay. Uprising Limited's the best limited experience I've had in Fab. Yeah. I thought WTR was good. This is better. This feels a lot better because it's, it's not complicated. Although you can make it, there's some there's some weird and wonderful stuff you can do in limited. But at the base of it, a lot of the cards are this much attack, this much block, go again. They work. Uh, I've noticed that where um, Monarch and Tails, some of the text boxes are quite convoluted as to what you can do with them. I think this is a good set to bring people into the game. Like they, you can you can very easily play any one of those heroes. Even Icelander like plays at instant speed, but it's very clear what she does. Put a blue in Arsenal, play it on the opponent's turn. It's not that hard. And it's very easy to figure out, okay, I can't do attack actions. I can do everything else. And they've actually noticed there's not a lot of blue attack actions in the set anyway. It's like even a new player drafting Icelander will easily figure out all the wizard cards work from Arsenal. Like you just need a blue colored one. It's very good. But the ceiling's very high. I don't think we've even scratch the surface on how complicated the sealed format is in this. I'm really curious to see, like, just, like, not not mm. sealed, complete deviation. Still an Icelander. Yeah. But what a full stagnation control, no one does anything forever or ever again Icelander deck looks and feels like. I'm very excited for that. Well, I think her new weapon means she wins because you can do that and then ping. Yeah, and then pass, and then you do the cycle, and you can do that cycle like clockwork in constructed. Even in when I've drafted Icelander, I was doing it like clockwork. Then you go to your turn, and you Arsenal again. You pass, and then you and but what you're saying is put all the control cards in your Arsenal, but then you just moon them for yeah, three. That's it. That's so it. good. And with a new helmet, like I like I've played it um, on TTS a little bit. Just How to does get that a bit go? Of a feel for it. It's really coronet, right? It, yeah, the, the ice coronet. It's you know a what we're talking about? Clunky. Pay three, opponent pays one or discard, right? Yeah. So you're guaranteed. Is that a once per turn effect? It's an action on the helmet, no go yeah. again. Action no go again. But you basically are playing fatigue. Like you're forcing them to play with one less card. You're creating frostbites, hopefully, from Arsenal at instant speed on their turn. And then on your turn, you just force them to discard. Then you pass. It, it turned. It like my, my experience with I've only played a couple of games. Mm. It, it, Cool card. Can't wait to get my hands on a copy of it. But um, Coronet. Yeah, yeah. I got one. If you can, they send me a winking. <laughs> <laughs> I got it from a judge box. I'm allowed to have it. Oh, uh, fair enough. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, it's very much like because you're pitching three to the coronet. You're pitching at least two to hit him with mm. a stick. So you're you're putting at least two of the cards of your hand back on the bottom of your deck. Yeah. Plus another card if the card in your arsenal is anything but a one drop, and your opponent only has two cards to play with. If you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Slows the game down. It's beautiful, which is great it. because there's some. There's been some decks that just refuse to block, but you can't refuse to block with Coronet. It's like either you throw one in the bin, or you pitch. It goes to the bottom of your deck or in the bin, but you can't not do something. You yeah. have to. You have to lose a card for your turn, which some decks can't function. Like Fire is one of them. Fire does not like to have three cards. Because you need to hit your fourth combat chain and stuff to do your big damage. It's just like, no. Many decks that don't. No, no. Briar, Bolton. Chain, Bolton. You can't function. Warrior, you'll function off three pretty well. War like Not Bolton, but most Warriors will function off two or three. Uh, Lexi can't function. Lexi cannot do much with two cards. Because then you also, how do you fuse? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
it's very strong. She's very strong. Now, whether that's a fun play style or not, whole nother story. Well, it's what, fun for the person playing the deck. One of my favourite expressions I've heard since playing this game is there's a finite amount of fun to be had in any match and I'm going to have all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to suck the fun out. <laughs> so if you are running LGS, please schedule some drafts. Uprising draft is amazing. I've done a few Do now. Do one better. If you're an LGS, advertise on any night of the week. If eight people want to draft, you'll fire it for yeah. us. But even if you I've been doing it in my lounge room because no LGS is open. Even if you can't make the eight and you have an LGS, be prepared to run six. Yep. Be or jump in with us. Four. If you're the owner, get out behind the yeah. counter. Mate, get your mum there. Tell her I said good day. Just, just do it. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, just do it. Just That's do it. it. Just do you it. You sell more product. Your yes. players build their collections. I think draft is and very... And also, if you only get three or four, run a sealed event. Six packs <laughs> each. Jeez, it's more new player friendly than commoner. I'm telling you right now, yeah. draft... Well, commoner doesn't teach a lot of things. Mm. Um, you know, mirror ninja matches don't teach a lot of things. Mm. But this new set that has instants for every class, it has defense reactions for every class... And it's three completely different heroes. You can't get bored. Like WTR, the heroes are all similar. All four of them are a little bit... They have their own flavor. But this is like... This deck goes wide. This deck is controlly with big dragons. And the other one is like super control with blues. It smacks mm. you with a stick. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I'm just a big believer in, in draft being new player friendly. Speaking from experience. Well, but it's also very, like you said, yeah. everyone's at the same level with cards. Correct. And then you get to keep the cards to build into your constructor pool. Mm -hmm. How many players have we seen hit a legendary in, in constructed? Especially this set has a lot more legendaries than any other one now. But like you'll hit, you'll hit a legendary. You can sell it and buy a tunic. You can sell it and buy a whole deck sometimes, mm -hmm. depending on what you hit. Very, very good. 100% people should be, like LGS should be at least once a month run a draft. If you're just running four armories a week, once a month should be a draft, no question. Yep. Especially when... And again, don't don't sit there and dwell on is eight coming, like just set it. If three people come, six packs each, sealed. It's not that big a deal. Hmm. Just do it. Do something. Yep. Yep. You only need to charge like 30 bucks or something for sealed, but they get six packs anyway. Yeah, just, just schedule them. Um, get involved. Yeah, advertise new sets that come out. Draft should be front of mind. Um, drafting flesh and blood. It, it's just playing limited flesh and blood. It's a breath of fresh air. Mm. Been playing constructive for so long. Um, it just feels great. And uprising. Well, I mean, I can't wait for uprising the meta now. Who? No one knows. Chain's gone. Starvo's gone. Prism might be gone by the end of the season. Alderman Blitz is nearly gone. Like the you know the only other control deck is nearly retired in Blitz, then it'll just be Icelander. No more because Ice no one really plays Ice Lexi, like as a controlly because she doesn't work. She needs to load a lot of arrows to do anything, so you can't just purely play channels and. Sure, but Icelander's built for it. Icelander doesn't need to do much, in this in the sense of like load cards or anything. You could just pitch the weapon, pitch the weapon. Arsenal pass. <laughs> so you, are you planning, Justin, on going on any of the big events coming up in New Zealand I or Singapore come or on, France? Man, let's go to New Zealand. Or, or he can't no, come. What about Worlds, November? I the first world champion will be oh, crowned. Vegas, man. 
I well, would we'd love all, to. Really? I would absolutely love Is to. Is it Vegas? It's going to be Vegas. You think so? I'm calling oh, it, yeah. Fuck, please, please. <laughs> James, please. We want to see, see Timmy get wild team, put it in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> no, I'd give an arm and a leg to go. I uh, really, really would. Um, but like literally, like the one that was in the dead lady? You can three D you can three D <laughs> print an arm a leg, right? You can have the three D printed one there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, no, I'm saving up for a big trip with America around America with my girlfriend at the end of next year. So that's probably going to take priority at the moment. We'll plan that with the end of next year. Will be Worlds too, right? Yeah, Worlds would be very convenient. That would be very convenient. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you could sell enough uh, uh, <laughs> altars to get you to Worlds this November. Maybe maybe the altars will count as like cosplaying. Who knows? Still in the arts. I'll I'll dress up as a piece of cardboard. <laughs> Wear one of those massive. Dress up as a brush. Hey, no. Before before we wrap this up, tell us about. Um, so, uh, yeah. big shout out to Saha who won the cosplay competition at the Sydney Calling yes. uh, Uprising premiere. She was cosplaying Kasai, and she had these two awesome blades made not three D printed, made out of balsa wood <laughs> by yeah. the man himself. Justin. That's right. You you won a cosplay contest. So you talked me up pretty well. So you are what like woodwork? What like what you can do pretty much everything. I'm, I'm I like to consider myself just a fairly crafty person, like a Renaissance man. Oh shucks, <laughs> you flatter me. He but just um, chops wood all night, even though it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no. It's like I was a I was a cook for six years through uni. I've always had hobbies that I do with my hands. Um, that's something I personally connect very well with. It's therapeutic. Mm. Um, it's satisfying. Like mm. going to a 40K tournament, like you're talking earlier, and the only one with the painted army. <laughs> <laughs> it's 50 shades of grey the whole way around the room, mm-hmm. but I've got some colour in front of me. Um, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it. And those swords were a throwback. Like um, a couple of times for, like, it, it's lame, but it was fun for like high school. Um, plays and stuff like that i used to make just balsa wood swords and weapons I, I think i gave one to a friend when i was like 14 years old um for no apparent reason so it was a bit of a throwback to that and i really really enjoyed it i think they came out pretty well they did yeah. i mean she won yeah there you go now either she won because of the copper token i gave her or because of the swords we'll never know well it was one cent coin <laughs> well, it was so there you go. So you could yeah. you you could you could cosplay your your way to worlds in November. You could bolster with the shit out of something. It's very light, so we could get it on a plane. All right, when's the next Taylor to be one? Hey, you should cosplay Oldham. Me, grow a beard. No, just massive shield is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, they won't see me behind. Someone walk around with a stalagmite, <laughs> yeah, like and a, a five whale. foot yeah, shield, yeah, 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 like yeah, a yeah. five foot shield, but a lightweight one because those swords were very lightweight, right? Yeah, bolster was very sick. light. Yeah, yeah. Could you do that? Could you make a By the way, LSS shield? already 3D print the Winter's Whale. I think it just broke in Vegas. Remember the weapons in Vegas? They had the, the Luminaris that and Saint stuff. Brought, were they Saint this weapons? No, no, no. Saint they brought? were made by like Weta Workshop, I think. The people that did all the Lord of the Rings stuff in New Zealand. They're 3D printed and sent over. But I think the Winter's Whale got damaged in transit. But there is a Winter's Whale 3D printed. That's so really cool. If you were going as Oldham... Yeah, maybe we could try and get you a 3D printed Winter's <laughs> Whale happening. That'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be very cool. I mean, you should try and go to play. You you like playing? I do like. I think that that's part of the issue with like cosplaying and stuff is if you're serious about playing, it's tricky to put all that time in and then potentially but, not get to play. But the thing, big shout out to the cosplayers that I met, like Saha. I um, know oh, they Carolina, play. Yeah, um, yeah. Elaine, they're all players. They are legit players. They love playing the game. Yeah. 
And 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 you know, um, I'm saying um, he's good enough to win worlds. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm saying man, Sam, sorry to man the others, Sam, but cosplayer. So big thing like <laughs> these right, cosplay yeah. events need yep. to happen outside Swiss rounds. Just yep. saying, if you're running a cosplay event, have it before or after the event. Before is fires. better. Let people go change and yeah, play. Like, yeah, like please do not schedule these cosplay events during Swiss rounds. I'd hate to see our cosplayers that love playing the game have to drop events. No. To cosplay, that's very sad. Especially when you put a big carrot out there to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let, let's let's do these cosplay events like before or after yep. the main event. Um, I think that would make everyone happy. Justin, I'll I'll set put photos up. Yeah, um, sure. Of the altars, uh, are you tr- are you making money from this? The plan to actually sell. I mean, it wasn't two weeks ago, but after the calling. Um I think we already mentioned I booked out till August. So. But is that what you want? Like, should, It is what I want. It is how what can I people want. find um, you? Is it the Facebook page? Yeah, so due to popular demand, I set up a Facebook page, Foundry Alters. Mm-hmm. Um, link below. Link below. <laughs> um, <laughs> it will be. It'll be here, right? Yeah, wherever. Yeah. I don't know. Point wherever you want, just I'll make it. <laughs> no, it'll be in the description. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so I set up um, Foundry Alters. Um, I've put up two posts so far and... What yeah. what are you charging? Um, it it depends. Like it's the trickiest question with art because it's easy. I could just spray paint a card green, give it to you, and charge you five bucks. But that's not how it works. So my usual rate is fifty five dollars plus the price of card. That does not include provision of the card. And the reason for that is, say you gave me a tunic. Mm. A tunic is a two hundred dollar card, right? When you paint on a card, it actually damages the card. Um, so you gave me a tunic. I'm going to labor over the thing. It's not going to be a one hour job. I'm going to spend five, six, seven hours. You want this to be the centerpiece of your equipment on display in front of you. I'm going to invest that time. And in doing so, if I accidentally damage the card, it allows me to replace it and still return you a quality product, mm. if that makes sense. So yeah, like the hourly rate is not great. Like the Kadachis that... Everyone's seen. They were the probably the fifth card um, I did when I started doing altars again recently. They took me probably six hours for the two of them, um, and that quality of altar I would probably sell for about a hundred, hundred and ten bucks. So if you yep. plan it out a bit, it's not that much. But the the goal is to fund the hobby, and that's what it's starting to do. And it's yeah, it's really, really quite rewarding. Like I've had some fantastic feedback. I haven't put up. One um, photo that people haven't blitzed over. Yep. And yeah. Go to send us both. We'll, we want to shout you out. Sure send thing. us some behind the scenes photos, stuff mm. that you haven't posted yet. More than happy to. I think maybe also for from a business side, it might be easier for you rather than taking commissions is to make cards and then sell them when they're done. Because then there's less pressure on you. Then it, you work when you want to work, but when like a project's done, like Kadachi's, then you post them up. So I tried. I, I sorry, tried the reason them. I say that is your yeah. work's so freaking good. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. Like I haven't seen because some people they do alters. Some of them I go, ah, oh, that looks a bit. But your quality's so high. I feel like whatever you post up will get snapped up immediately. So I wouldn't sit there and book myself out to August if I didn't want to. I'd I'd work, and then when I'm happy with the product, I'd post it. Sure. Um, so that is sort of how I used to try and do yeah. things with magic cards. But um, what you find is because it's a collector's game, um, people look at these cards as collector's items and the cards that you will make money on are the more valuable cards like your tunics, yep. your skull cap, everything else. 
if I paint on a tunic, um, in some people's eyes, I'm actually damaging that card. It's no longer a collector's item. It's no longer collectible. It loses value. If I if I paint on a card, it's because sure. you have something you're passionate about that I want to give to you. You're saying if you made a white border tunic altar, people white might look at it as... White border being the exception, maybe. No, no, no. <laughs> but what I'm saying is people might look at it and go, that's no longer worth what a white tunic is worth. Is that what you're trying to say? Like... They may not pay you that plus your hourly, which would be like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. If you listed a altered tunic for three hundred, people are like I'll just buy the rainbow foil for two hundred. Correct. Okay, I understand what you're saying. So, but but someone like me might give you their tunic and go, Correct. "Here's another hundred and fifty bucks. Make it cool," and you end up actually getting to do those big altars. Yeah, yeah. I, I would still buy the tunic for three hundred bucks. To be honest, here's my issue. Like <laughs> you said, with altars in the past, with magic, I never got into altars because the amount of altars I'd see in photos <clears throat> for magic, they look good, and then I'd actually see them yeah. in the flesh and blood and altar, and it'd be like a fucking gravel road. <laughs> yeah. They would be Have so you seen many. His they'd be, they yeah, I know. They that's the smooth. thing. Justin's altars are like as smooth as a baby's bum. Yeah. These things are freaking beautiful. And even in the photos, in the flesh and blood, they're exactly the same. Yep. So many of the magic altars, people can get them to look nice in a photo. Sure. And then you see them <laughs> in your hand and they look like, to be quite honest, they look terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, ju uh, like Justin's work, I've seen many of his cards, he's got them here. I can vouch for them. They are very slick. Very, very slick. Well, thank you very like, much. Like the man himself. All right. Very slick. <laughs> well, that's all I've got. That's it. That's it. We ranted. We um, fixed every every problem an LGS will ever face. Now we can <laughs> not. L yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Start an LGS and die a happy man. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, any any final words, Justin? Um, no. Other than thanks for having me around. Thanks for filling in for Yazi, the arsehole. Yazi. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, we love him. Blast, fellas. Look, he he does work pretty hard. He's moved recently and he's been a bit sick. He literally he has no voice right now. So he's like, guys, I can't come. And um, he's got to get better. So when we'll he's see better, him next week, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll have him in next. I week. think the plan is try and convince Hayden Dale to come. Uh, I think we've got James White booked for October. I got a, before I, October. I've got I, I got a list of guests I want to come yeah. on as well. Locals, Oof. some spicy ones. Oh yeah, real some spicy characters. Real characters. <laughs> we got plenty the, of. We, them. we have a lot of characters in the Sydney scene. The more eccentric, the better. Yeah, Justin was more of the tame, more tame. You know. Other than the first joke you made, everything else was above <laughs> board. It was fine. Anything else, Paul? Hey, that's it for, it for me. Just participate. Look, don't sit on the sidelines. Get out to your events. Get to your Great. LGSs. Support your LGSs. Get out there in the flesh and blood. Play the game we love. And, and um, LGS owners, the onus is on you. Yes, that's right. If, Not if, the community. Exactly. If you you build the community, the community will build your store. Trust me. That's right. Get <laughs> you involved. Will, you will get purchases. You will get sales. You will get yeah. pre-orders. Man, like you said, I always buy packs in the right stores and others I don't even go to their events. Just yeah. It's up to them. Yeah, speak with your wallet team. Like I'm not a big believer yeah. in like... Yeah, yeah, order your product from your LGS, 100%. Yeah, and, and like I said, you can always find something cheaper online, 10, 20 bucks. Like mm. really, if you're playing in a store all the time and you feel passionate, buy it. Sure, you might be able to buy the odd single from your friend for 10%, 15% cheaper. But if your LGS has the same single, maybe consider buying it from them. And, and also talk to them. 10, 50%. Yeah, a lot of LGSs don't necessarily watch the Facebook group the way you do. So if, if a card's double what it should be, uh, talk to them politely. Yeah. Go, hey, this is the price I can get it for. Can you do better? 
Yeah. And you'd be surprised. Most of them are like, oh, you know, our system updates itself, hasn't updated for a week. Yeah. Whatever. Here's 50 bucks off it. Uh, nothing from me. Uh, oh, shout outs. Ooh. Obviously, Tall Timmy's channel. We didn't introduce ourselves this episode, but whatever. Subscribe to Tall Timmy. His links are all below. I've got a big announcement. A Give few. it to us. Give it to us. Tomorrow. So actually the day this podcast is live, I'm doing a midnight stream. At this point, I've sold four cases worth of box breaks. So the stream's like 14 cases long. <laughs> what time are you kicking it off? Midnight. Midnight. Our time. Yeah. Has to be. Well, legally. I was going to come crash legally. your party, but I'll be sleeping. Yeah, you sleep. I think maybe Judge Sean might come and Ooh. help. Uh, but I don't need help, so we'll see like if he's even up for it. But we've got an armory tomorrow, and then after the armory, I'll come here and open stuff. Uh, so tune in for that. Uh, and that that's the show. That's the big one. Well, for me, I'm doing a I'm doing a little spicy series, mm. like how to level up your drafting. So if you if you want to spike those events, we well, did beat it, Hayden Dale at the last draft. Check, so. check, check out my channel. I'll give you some as I'm discovering things about uprising draft. I'll pass that knowledge on to the community. So stay tuned, team. Stay Look out for the ones where he's got a rag wrapped around his head. They're the good ones. Stay tuned. And as always, we've got some good giveaways. We've mm. only got about 45 subs to go. And uh, we'll hit that next milestone. I've got, I've got plenty of good uh, promos to give out to the team. So get involved. All right. Well, um, that's it. We'll see you. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoyed that.